Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today, we are going to be going over step two for how to transition away from tracking. So I had step one in the previous podcast episode. I can't remember. There might be one in between. So two episodes ago, I think it is. I had step one. Step one was finding your maintenance. I gave you tips on using an app in order to do that. So I want you to go back to what and and listen to that episode if you haven't and what I said about finding maintenance. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more about finding maintenance today, but we are going to mainly be stepping into step number two. Now, the reason why I am doing these short episodes for you all is because I'm actually, I've, I've created a course and I'm in middle of recording the course. And the course is how to transition away from tracking. And the reason why I'm doing this course is because I truly believe that tracking calories and protein or tracking macros is a wonderful, healthy tool but I am seeing it abused and I'm seeing women being held almost hostage to it. And, and sometimes um, it, they are moderately tracking. Sometimes it's to the point where they don't even know how to handle vacations and they don't even now know anymore how to even listen to their own internal cues of hunger of fullness, of satisfaction, those cues in and of themselves, it's like, it's not that they're not happening. It's just that people are so plugged into the numbers that they're forgetting that their body already gives them these certain cues. And how can we learn to listen appropriately to those cues. I'm also going to be talking in the course about knowing the difference between I'm physically hungry versus I'm emotionally hungry. And that's going to be, oh, I'm really excited about that that part of the course. There's so many little things that I'm excited about. Like people don't realize that there's a difference between uh, being able to gauge like fullness versus satisfaction and that they don't always come together. Satisfaction is actually a little bit more emotional. And I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I'm like diving into the course. I'll, I'll leave something for me to talk about in the course, but there's, I'm so excited to teach so many things. You know, if I can just venture on a little tangent here, the longer I coach the every year I look back and I think, Oh, I wish I had, I wish I had known then what I know now, I would have been a better coach. Oh, I wish so badly I would have known these little things then I could have helped people learn tracking plus learn all these other skills, right? But obviously hindsight, it's it's 2020, but there's so many of these aha moments as I'm, I'm so excited to compile all of this together in a course so that even those of you who are coaches right now, this is a course that you can recommend to your clients who are 
at maintenance and helping them. Even we're going to be talking about relationships with food and how we land in a healthy place. Um, This it's going to have homework. It's going to have journal PDFs that people can print off because this is work. I was talking to a friend and she was telling me that therapy wasn't working for this specific thing in her life. And as we started talking, we, we both kind of had this, this great aha moment for, for her, um, where she realized I'm not doing the work. I'm going in and I'm talking for an hour and then I'm being invited to do this work and I'm actually not doing the work at home. And that makes a huge difference, right? So don't think that this course or even like these podcasts or whatever, you listen to them and it's just going to miraculously change you. You have to go home and do the work. And I'm going to, so many people are like, that sounds great, but what is the work? I'm willing to do it. I just don't know what it is. So I'm so excited to actually have like like little homeworks and journals for you so that you can put in the work. And over time, you're going to see uh, relationships with food change. You're going to see your, yourself, trust yourself more with foods. It is not even going to be a question when you go on a vacation, what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. You're going to have these great habits in place where you can still enjoy things with your food with your family and be 100% present and also be able to have these tools and these skills so that you can enjoy and maintain, enjoy and not have it rock your world mentally and emotionally. That is my hope for doing this. So I've been coaching for so long and I'm so excited to take all of these things that I have learned and best practices that I've seen with clients and pretty much present it to you. And I'm hoping my, my number one goal with doing this is that this is a blessing in your life. And so, and that those who need to find it can, and maybe that's one of you listening, you know, somebody who needs this in their life. Right. Um, and, and maybe it's you and maybe it's a friend, please, word of mouth is going to be really important for this too, so that it can find the people that it can help. Anyways, step one was finding maintenance because we cannot, I'm just going to reiterate a few things I touched on. When you go into a calorie deficit, hormones that are in charge of regulating and sending signals to your body of hunger, satisfaction, and and fullness, like those get dysregulated in a calorie deficit. So a lot of times people will go into a calorie deficit, they're done with their cut, and then they just go back to everything, right? Um, That they were doing before that got them to the place where they needed to cut in the first place, right? Horrible. We know that that's bad, right? But some people try to venture into mindful eating in the bottom of a cut too. And that is equally going to be ridiculously difficult because your hormones have not, they're not regular. They are not going, um, in fact, the amount of hunger signals you get at the bottom 
is greatly increased. And so this is when people tend to overeat because also they um, there's this delay of I'm full. So it's like they'll eat, they'll eat, they'll eat, they'll eat, and there's this bottomless pit. And then all of a sudden they're full and it's like, bam, they're full. But at that point, they have way exceeded and overeaten, right? So at the bottom of a cut, really bad place to try to learn to listen to your body. And so anyways, I'm really excited to be able to have you guys get to maintenance, have those things regulate. And 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 now step number two. So step number one is find your maintenance. Step number two is we have to, some people are really good about this during the cut. Some people aren't. We have to step away. If you have been doing any sort of macro Tetris, we have to step away from it. So when I see people doing macro Tetris, and I'll explain what that is for those of you who don't know in a minute. This is usually when I'm like, oh, you were doing it all wrong. It was the right tool. You just you were doing it all wrong. So macro Tetris, think about the game Tetris. What it was, one, is you were highly reactive, right? You had to react to the new shape. You didn't know what was... Well, no, you did. Didn't it have a sign like on the side showing? And depending how good you were, you're like, oh, I know. But you only could see the the one right before and you didn't know what was going to happen with the next one. So there was a little bit, um, I guess. That's okay, Tetris. Um, there was a little bit of a hint of, you know, what's coming right next. But for the most part, you're being very reactive. You're being very reactive to the moment. And literally, this is how people try to track. They wake up in the morning and just literally take it minute by minute. They're like, oh, maybe I'll, um, what should I have for breakfast now? Hmm. And breakfast isn't that hard because it's like, okay, the world is my oyster. I have all the macros, all the calories right now, right? No, I'm just gonna, well, this sounds good. I'll make this. And then they make something. Let's just say they had 130 carbs they're supposed to hit. They made their like a breakfast that sounded great. They made oatmeal and it was a protein oatmeal. So they hit 30 grams of protein, but they hit 50 grams of carbs. And then afterwards they sat there like, oh, that doesn't really leave me much for the rest of the day. I'm kind of getting a little carb poor here. huh? And then lunch comes and they are just really hungry. So they grab, you know, two pieces of bread, that's another 40. And then they grab some other stuff and pretty soon it's like 60, 80. And then they're at the end of lunch and they they have no more carbs. But they have all of these fats and they have like 90 protein. And now it's just like, oh, now it's just going to get ugly, right? Now we're just really playing macro Tetris here and we're just fitting it however it can fit in. I'm putting like a tablespoon, I'm drinking a tablespoon of olive oil at the end of the day because I had no carbs and no fats and I have to hit my, or no carbs and no protein and I have to hit my fats. And and if I try to hit my fats with, um, you know, peanut butter, oh, I can't do that because peanut butter has carbs and it has little protein and I can't go over those. And so now we're, it's just ugly. 
You guys know what I'm talking about. You've been there, right? Where it's like at the end of the day, this is usually when I get messages from my clients. The end of the day, it's like, what do I do? Because I have like 30 grams of fats and nothing else left. Do I just drink olive oil or whatever? So that was, those were the days before I actually just started having my clients do protein and calories. And that was much better. But also those were the days before I would sit down and walk through foods with my clients. So before I would just give them their macro numbers and set them into the wild and hopefully they came back, you know, not totally mutilated and destroyed after wandering in their macro Tetris world. And anyways, that was before when I very, very first started track um, coaching. And then I transitioned to, no, I need to teach these people how to do it because this is ugly. You know, you need to put all your food in the day before. You can't be reactive. That's the problem with macro Tetris, right? You are reactive. You need to stop being reactive. And so my next step up was I'm going to teach them how to be proactive. So I still gave them all their macros to track. And then I started saying, you need to be proactive the night before you plug in all of the meals that you're going to eat the next day. And we got far better compliance. Nobody was drinking olive oil. Um, (laughs) I love that example. No, I've never had somebody drink olive oil, but I I just love it. I'm sure somebody out there, some coach has, but that was much, much, much better. And then the next step was actually when I started sitting down with clients saying, what are your favorite breakfasts? Okay. And I would break down things into protein and calories. So they were given protein, they were given calories. And we would sit down and we would pretty much break down the calorie and protein allotments for each meal. And this is actually when I saw clients start thriving, not only in the calorie deficit, because they knew exactly what was going to happen tomorrow and the next day and the next, except for for dinner. We had more uh, leniency with dinner. But but I would sit down with them and we'd say, okay, we're going to break up calories evenly throughout the day or relatively even. Now, there's some great studies out there showing that when people like try to eat like a bird at the beginning of the day, and then they like pig out at night, one, they that's usually what gets people into binging cycles. It's like, I'm going to eat like a bird all day long, you know, which is a shame because that's when you need food and energy is throughout the day. And that's when you're picking at food like a bird. So it, it just set them up mentally and physically to be in a bad position because they were low, low energy physically, but also our brains need calories too, people. Uh, have you ever gone really, really low carb and what that does to your brain? It's like, my brain's like turning off. Anyway, so I started getting them to eat meals evenly. And we started breaking up calories into more even amounts. Sometimes we would save a little extra for dinner so that they could have more flexibility with their family. 
but they would be like saying, okay, I'm going to eat four meals. I'm going to eat three meals and a snack. And this is how we're going to break up the calories and find meals that fit that protein and that calorie. And I would sit down with them and say, okay, what breakfasts do you love? What lunches are you going to eat? What can, and we would exchange and I would give them ideas about what I do, what other people have done. This is a good recipe here. And and that's actually when they started really thriving, not just in the calorie deficit, but actually when they went back up to maintenance. Because I started teaching them this simple trick. And if you followed me for a while, you know I beat this one on the head so much. But my foods are the exact same in maintenance as they are in a calorie deficit. I just make little modifications. So pretty soon I had clients finding these breakfast, lunch, dinner that they uh, snack that they love. And they would just make small modifications to make them a calorie deficit meal or a maintenance meal. Now in the notes, I'm going to share a PDF. This PDF went out um, two newsletters ago from the Lifting Lindsay newsletter. So once again, I really do try to send out quality, helpful information in my newsletters. It's not just fluff. Okay, so I keep it at what you want to know, what's going to help you. So sign up, but I also have this um, PDF that you can click on and you can see these meals. But what I started noticing with a lot of my clients earlier, earlier on when I would start asking them about foods is I would say, like, what do you like having for breakfast? And, or what are you having for breakfast? And they're like, hmm, well, when I'm in a diet, that was the first red flag. When I'm in a diet, I eat. And I'm like, huh. And then they tell me. And I remember so, <laughs> I remember one meal specifically that I was like, I didn't want to insult this person, but I was also highly disgusted. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. My husband tells me I don't hide feelings or thoughts. My thoughts are like written all over my face when I'm talking to people. (laughs) I try so hard, but I'm not that person. Okay. Anyway, so I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. (laughs) So do you enjoy that? (laughs) And she's like... (laughs) Well, no, but you know, when you're in, when you're trying to lose weight, you have to, and I'm like, "Mm, no, you don't have to eat rabbit food when you're trying to lose weight. And so I started seeing over and over. And then I reached out to a lot of my app users and I said, I want to see what you guys are eating, quote unquote, when you're in a diet. I got all of these recipes in and I was just like, what is, oh no, mm -mm, this is why. This is why people, when they go into a diet, completely change everything in their cabinets, their food cabinets. And then as soon as they go back, they go right back to their old foods. Anyways, it's this horrible thing. So tip number two, click on that PDF and I want you to read through and see how my foods are the exact same. So I will show you my protein packed French toast eggs that I have in a calorie deficit. And it fills the entire plate. And I will also show you that same exact meal that I eat at maintenance that once again fills the whole plate that I love. And it is so yummy. So yummy. I'm going to show you my... I've been on this ham and egg and avocado uh, sourdough toast kick. I give other... Like you don't have to use sourdough. You can use um, 
like an English muffin or whatnot. But anyways, I show you that at maintenance and a cut. I show you my oatmeal maintenance and a cut. And this has just helped so many people. It just like clicks for so many people. I'm sharing with you guys my Crunchwrap Supreme, my Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme copycat recipe that I love. Um, I'm going to share that with you. So once again, click on that because you you can see how in a cut and at maintenance, I eat the same foods. So it's not like I'm gagging on my foods in a cut. And sometimes people will be like, well, my foods in a cut are, are fine. I like them. I'm like, hmm. So do you eat them at maintenance? Well, no. Why? If you like them so much, why aren't you eating them at maintenance? Okay. So that's a red flag that you actually don't like them as much as you say you do. So anyways, I'm just going to share that with you so that you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about. You need to create foods at maintenance that fill your protein needs that are go-tos that you love and you need to put them on rotation. And um, and so this is, sorry, I'm, I feel like I'm all over the board on this. <laughs> I'm like rambling so much in this episode. Step number two, let me be try to be a little bit more clear. Step number two, you need to find two or three meals that you absolutely love that fit your protein needs and your calorie maintenance needs for breakfast, lunch, and a snack. And every day you go to the fridge and you have those options for those three meals, that gives you some flexibility, but it also allows you at maintenance to enjoy the meals, have um, good amounts of protein too, and you're creating these habits. The, the thing is, is everybody has these habits anyways. We just need to have it going in the direction that you want to end in, right? So wake up, you eat one of those three meals. And when you get sick of those meals, you just incorporate another one. So every two months, I'm going to be sharing Lifting Lindsay's Meals, the meals that I'm currently rotating through so that you guys can see how sometimes I still have the same meals and other times I bring in a new one that I'm really enjoying. So you can see that this is a truly a lifestyle. So step number two is you need, there's two parts of this. One, you need to find these meals that you genuinely love that are habitual. Step number two also will require you to get into a routine of when you eat. That is going to help so much. With that being said, I don't care if you wake up and just do intermittent fasting until 11 o'clock because that's what you enjoy. I don't care. You can use it as a tool to maintain. You can also use it as a tool for fat loss. It's just one more tool to help you rein in your, your you know food intake. But if, if you want to wake up intermittent fasting till 11, all the kids are out, you got your walk-in, you come back, you eat your breakfast. Great. But I want you to sit down and you're going to write down the times you eat. This is going to help you when we get to step number three, okay? Because step number three is going to be acknowledging the fact, am I, we're going to talk more about, am I hungry? Or am I physically hungry? Or am I emotionally hungry? Okay. So step two Make your foods habitual, high protein, yummy, habitual. 
also within step two is sit down and write exactly what time you're going to eat. This is also going to help you um, with energy levels as well. So this will also help you with step uh, four when we get into that one, which is looking at your hunger and fullness signals. Okay. Because we don't want to wait too long to eat. And because then the likelihood of us overeating will be greater. Um, Likewise, we don't want to eat too soon. That's a sign of emotional eating. Um, And that also, it's like you're eating too soon. You're not really hungry. You're just emotionally hungry. So we're going to be addressing those as well. But keep in mind, step two, get your foods habitual with high protein at maintenance. Also write down right now what time of day you eat your breakfast, you eat your lunch, you have a snack, and then what time your your family sits down and has their dinner. And I'll even add one more. Some people really, really love looking forward to their after dinner dessert too. So if that fits in your maintenance, then put that in there too. But write down and commit to this schedule of eating. It's going to really help you with energy balance. Um, and then it's also going to help you see maybe my your meals at the beginning of the day need to be bigger. Maybe they need to be a little bit smaller. And you can really kind of start gauging, okay, if I said I'm going to eat at 11 and then I'm eating at one and I'm am I starving at one? Because like am I at a scale of, you know, one, I'm starving when one o'clock meal comes because I ate like a bird in the morning? Hmm. Mentally and physically, it's not going to hold you long enough. It's not going to be good. So these are all things that we're going to be talking about. And it's going to be really fun in this course to just kind of put them all together. But that's step number two. So hopefully that helps. If you guys have any questions, never hesitate. Send me a DM. Follow me at Lifting Lindsay on Instagram. You can also check out my YouTube channel. I'm really starting to focus a lot on that. Let me know what YouTube videos that you want to see. I love having a platform where I can speak a little bit more nuanced. And that's another one where I can do that. And I can show you graphs, etc. You can also check out liftinglindsay.com to sign up for my optimized training. You guys have a wonderful week. 